guitar is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out The Big Rap Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. Be sure to check out G1 on Facebook and on G1Reads.com. Their G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Reads famously played by the 2016 Champion of Champions in Verarian District. Plus, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Yes indeed, welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. What about you? This is a very special episode this week. Yeah, because unless you've been living in a hole somewhere... Yeah, you know exactly what I'm going to be chatting about. The G1 Chanter giveaway. The Platinum Chanter and Platinum Reed setup made to your specification free. Yeah, we ran this for a few weeks over on our Big Rab Show Facebook page. And you guys entered in your droves. I think it was well over 200 entrants. I think well over two... Yeah, aye. Well over 200 odd people. Let's say, I'd entered. <laughs> I haven't got the exact numbers. But yeah, I think it was like 230, 240, something like that. Um, but yes, all the names were all painstakingly written out. Which I have to say, took forever. Um, but wanted to be fair, got it all done. And yeah, put it in a hat, or a bucket in this case. And yeah, we have a winner. <laughs> But that's to come. That's to come later, later on in the podcast. So, yeah, for those of you who know me well enough, <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> I've got the lurgy. I've got a bit of man flu on me. So, ah, uh, yeah, that's horrible. But the live show we had on Tuesday night this past week was a lot of fun. And thanks a million to everyone who messaged in because it was our Valentine's night special. A lot of very romantic pipers and drummers out there. These are all a very slushy, slushy bunch. Anyway, I have to give a special shout to good friends there at the Grace Note Vortex podcast. They've made a comeback. They're back. And oh, no one's more excited than me, to be honest. It's fantastic to see them back. Episode 4, and there's three of them on the team now. Go and listen to the podcast now. If you haven't... Go and check it out. It's definitely worth a look. Uh, because they wrap up the 2016 season pretty well. And, yeah, they look forward to 2017 as to what to expect. So, a lot of interesting thoughts, a lot of debate, and a lot, lot of great banter and chat, chat from those guys. So, yeah, definitely a fan of the Grace Note Vortex podcast. And, yeah, I only hope that the Rab Show podcast can hold a small, tiny light to it. But, hey, it is what it is. <clears throat> right, before I start coughing and sneezing all over you... I did say this podcast is special. Yeah, this is being brought to you by high, high demand. We had a show a while ago when the Red Hot Chili Pipers came over and they were playing in the Odyssey Arena. It's not the Odyssey anymore. What do you call it? The SSE Arena now in Belfast? Yeah, get it right, Rob. And I had the privilege to hang out backstage with the guys before the show and it was incredible. I have to say, straight off the back, Great, great bunch of guys. Got to hang out, eat pizza, and yeah, just had the best time. And I think they were more than excited as well um, with the prospect of playing an arena because it was a massive, massive crowd in, in the Belfast gig for them. So I think they were all kind of took aback, but 
Hey, we love our piping here in Northern Ireland, so they got a great reception. So I figured, because we're doing a G1 giveaway on this podcast, yeah, and as said on the intro, the G1 Chanter and Reed are played by the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So, <clears throat> without further ado, here is the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Now, this interview wasn't aired in its entirety on the live show. So for those of you who heard it on the radio, you didn't get the full version. Yeah, there was bits edited out and chopped out, but this is the podcast, and we can be slightly more controversial if we want to. So, yeah, without further ado, here's the Red Hot Chili Pipers and the Belfast SSE Arena. Well, managed to sneak my way backstage... Hello, I'm here now with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How are you guys? I'm great, yeah, and yourself? I'm good, Rap. I'm a bit wet, isn't it? It's just a bit crap weather out there, but it's nice and warm in here, I have to say. But uh, I've got loads of questions for you guys from our listeners. Over this past couple of weeks, we sent them in in our droves, so I'll start at the top then. Uh, <laughs> I'll start with the really stupid one. What's your favourite cheese? Favourite cheese? Aye. Edam. <laughs> Camembert. Ooh, not bad, not bad. How do you wear a, a bear down off the mountains? What kind um, of cheese do you use? Come on, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've never been asked what cheese I ever liked. So there you go. Well, see, there you go. You see, there's the first one. So, yeah, we have a large piping audience on our show. We've got a load of piping-focused questions that we want to ask you. Um, you guys are kind of responsible for like making bagpipes popular again in the popular medium. And a load of youngsters have, as a result, took up piping in this last while. What got you guys started in bagpiping? I started off as a drummer. Really? Uh, when I was a wee boy, and I went to the, the it was St. Francis Pipe Band in the Godbooks. Uh, and I lasted about a month uh, in with the drummers, because I could hear the bagpipes getting played outside. Uh, they, <laughs> they, they made a better sound. Sorry, sorry to the drummers out there. They made a better sound than the drums. So I went away and... Uh, I was totally enthralled by the bagpipes, and it was it got to the stage where I would be practicing for nine hours a day until I get the sound that I, I really wanted. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Hey, oh. What about yourself? Well, I started in uh, Aberdeen in a local uh, town called Peter Cooter, which has the forty second, forty uh, seven Cooter BB in it in Cooter mm-hmm. District, mm-hmm. Uh, under the stewardship of James Campbell at the time, or Jim Campbell, the judge, as it is. Jim Campbell. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a, a an old man called Sandy Davidson who was my first teacher, who nowadays you couldn't do it, but at the time if you got a grace note wrong or you got a Dublin wrong, you would turn round the wooden chanter with a soul and whack your fingers. Oh. So uh, <laughs> you learned how to keep them straight and uh, practice when you went home. I think if you, uh, the number of kids out there nowadays, if they had that done to them, they, <laughs> the last time they'd play the bagpipes. Yeah, I see. So from that, from your early days of learning how to pipe then, did you just go into competitive piping then into the world of pipe bands? Yeah, we played, I played, well, me and Kevin both played with the Glasgow Sky Association in grade one. Oh, great band, and yeah. Late 97, 98. And then I went on to play with the uh, Scottish Power Pipe Band with Stuart Cassells and uh, Long McDougall. Uh, when Roddy, it was his Roddy, Roddy's last year. Um, so that's yes. it. The pipe band, but I never competed as a solo piper. No, so that, that was going to be my next question. Then, uh, the listeners had wanted to ask, Have you ever delved into the solo world? I did it as a junior, uh, so I used to compete against Stuart. So, uh, my only claim to fame is that when we were 10 and 11, and he can never remember this one, we were 10 or 11. Uh, it's funny how he doesn't remember that. I beat him <laughs> in a solo contest, uh, but he doesn't remember that day in Camelin and uh, Falkirk. But, uh, strange. Yeah, no, we, we had. Uh, I first met Stuart when we were talking about in the car the other day. 
So uh, I just moved from Aberdeen down to Cumbernauld with my dad's work. Uh, I'm relocated to mum and dad put me into the RSPBA summer school oh, in yeah. uh, Washington Street. And uh, lo and behold, behold, there was a cheeky young chap that the two of us struck up a very good friendship, and that was going back to 1989. Wow. It was the first time I met uh, Stuart Cassells, and he was like, come on my band, come on my band. So I eventually joined his band, Wallerstone, at which point he left to go and join Tuffrickin. And then he went on to join uh, Vale of Athol under uh, Ian and Gordon Duncan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably where a lot of the inspiration behind Stuart setting up the band and getting things moving came from, was the influence that uh, Gordon Duncan had on him as a teenager, uh, and unfortunately, when, when we grew up, in one sense, uh, my parents were very much stick to your studies and pipe. bagpipes is just a bit of fun and a bit of a hobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart was a lot more intense when he was younger and competing in the solos and, and basically making his way in, in the world, but also that meant he was competing at grade one, whereas I wasn't allowed to compete in grade one until I was 17, 18 and my studies were behind me and I could do it at uni. I see, I see. So studies kind of had to take a precedent over piping then. Yeah, and looking back at it now, it was just one of these things that, uh, you know, there was no, there's never a right or wrong when a parent's deciding what is better for your kids. But yeah, I mean, I had I had great times in grade three and grade four, uh, whereas I could have pushed myself. Uh, but I now look at it now and I'm a qualified chartered accountant and I've, you know, done successful things in life. And, and to be fair, both Willie and myself have, have come from, uh, different backgrounds, uh, but have added to what is the chilies today. Whether it be my own from an accountancy point of view, but Willie from fireman, which is you know great leadership, trying to control and working with guys, working in a team. So, and then Stuart came from the point of view of so piping orientated, but uh, his bookkeeping and his uh, admin resources were a bit uh, a helps. bit different. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, well then, moving on then to the new album this year. Congratulations, first of all. I think Thank it's you. fantastic. Yeah. If anything, it's requested most shows now. <laughs> and especially the, the latest track that you released for charity there, the 343. Can you tell us a bit about the, the track then? Uh, I've got the Roddy McDonald who sent the tune over to me uh, just to play it in the chanter. Uh, was it four or five years ago? And uh, I was over playing, we were playing in uh, Torrington in Connecticut, and it was the 13th anniversary of 9 11, so two years ago. And uh, there was a firefighter who had been at the Twin Towers and he came up and made this big emotive speech, full uniform and all that, and I was like, oh my god. Mm. And so I realised the band said, you should play a tune, because yeah, at that time I was a seven firefighter. Yeah. So I went on and I uh, spoke to Gary, the keyboard player, and I think Ben on the guitar, and I said, we'll play this tune. Uh, at that time, Roddy had called it Tearjerker, it was quite a, an emotive piece of music. Mm. So we played it at Torrington, um, and it went viral uh, on the, the Chili Papers Facebook page from all the firefighters in America and also Scotland around the world. Mm. So that became the kind of thing that we always uh, played and people were requesting the music all the time. And then uh, we decided that in the 15th anniversary, and that was the, 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 the year that I left the fire service, we would do something that would be a permanent uh, line in the sand where we could say this is what the Chili Pipers gave to the firefighters throughout the world. So mm. uh, we went in through Warren McDougall helped us, he was the, the producer of the music and any time, and I remember it was such a great experience because any time I picked up the phone or sent an email, I would get an immediate reply from guys like Robert Matheson and all that, uh, Craig Monroe. Right, and I yeah. got them all. The, uh, within a day, I had 10 of the, the world's best pipers wow. in the studio to record the, the actual pipe band to sound for the 343. Mm-hmm. Uh, great help as well uh, through Kevin and the accountancy and all that, because we always had to 
pay these people up front or all the papers and no musicians done it for nothing but obviously we had to pay for the studio we had to pay for the, the fantastic video that Airborne Lens done mm-hmm. we had to get permission uh, from Edinburgh Airport believe it or not to fly that drone above Edinburgh Castle oh really? yeah oh. so it was quite a, it was a, quite a long project and I'm, I'm really glad I've done it because mm. any time now we can look back and say oh, look at the look at the look, look at what we've created there with mm. the, the team of people I, I didn't get a little to do with it I just sent emails and picked up the phone but the team of people around us so I thought it was very, very good. It's something that got 1.9 million views in the BBC news page wow. in the first 24 hours. My word, they all. Well, it definitely is a favourite of the show now. It's requested yeah. nearly weekly now. Yeah. There's two versions there. There's the album version and then there's the other version that we've done for the... Oh, is there? Yeah, there's an album version there called, oh, called The Fallen and then we'll get the 343 form. I said, oh, I'll have to check that out then, there yeah. you go. Well, we did get a question from some of our listeners, because some of them, to be fair, would be hardcore piping fans and aren't kind of fans of the popular music. Yeah. <laughs> so they have asked about tune selection. Like um, On the new album, there's a lot of traditional tunes in there, yep. along with all of your modern-day stuff. They have asked, would there be anything in the pipeline, ah, pipeline, pardon the pun, but to have a solely focused traditional album? I think it's something that I'm really keen on doing at some point in, the, in our future because ultimately, yeah, when we talk about it and Willie and myself will sit back and say, right, well, we need to, it's now time to do another album. And what eventually happens is the best ideas came out, in theory, at Bagrock. So everything you had, if you start with 100 and you say, right, I've got all these album ideas and all these tune ideas, you start with the best ones, you throw that on to Bagrock, then there'll be a couple of left fields coming as time goes on, whether it be like we've had a jump into this one that yeah. nobody's thought about before, we've added it in. But it tends to be what you didn't record in Bagrock that then got carried forward to Kill the Generation, which then got carried oh, forward to Breathe, which yeah. then got carried forward to Octane. And it may be that the previous ones, either we've changed one or two of the musicians and they've come at a different angle, which then says, actually, it does work, uh, or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. But eventually, when you get, you get to the point where we're at, is really not necessarily struggling, but it's like the next album... We try to make it different. We try to produce this album, mm. uh, Octane, in a different way and try to make it sound a bit darker. But realistically, the next real uh, kind of two focuses for us is probably putting together a Christmas album, which, right. you know, then yeah. it's, it's something a bit of fun. And I think we'd all like to just get back to a traditional sense of an album because I think there are one or two people still out there that, I think we're doing a disservice to the bagpipes and that we can't play our instrument properly and stuff like that. And I think hopefully people can see past that. And even in the rock tunes that we're covering and we're playing, the technical ability of the pipers in the band is still very, very strong. And, you know, most of them, uh, myself and Lily, are just too busy running the band. But everybody else in the band uh, either plays in a grade one band or has the capability to play in a top six grade one band. So for, from our own perspective, it would be great to do a trad album and then maybe the trad world in Scotland will uh, maybe put us up for a vote for album of the year or band of the year. You never know. There you go. I so think it's, a, it's, a, it's a fine line to tread, though, because you, if you look at your audience, and we're playing in front of two thousand seven hundred people tonight, that, I'm not sure how many that, that audience would have been here, but with the fact that we we, we segue uh, rock classics and the bagpipes, yeah. we're just being realistic here. Um, but we do both love the traditional bagpipes. Anytime the band tune up, anytime the pipes are tuned up, we'll, we wouldn't play. We will rock you. We'll, we'll play. <laughs> we'll play tunes that we like playing, basically, and that's going to be our traditional tunes. But we, we yeah. totally get why we have such a large fan base, and that's because it's a bag rock sound. And we, we can't. The other thing that people need to understand is the Red Hot Chili Pipers are three bagpipers, and it'll, it'll never be two. It'll never be one. Mm. So it's not your normal Celtic rock band. What you've got with the Red Hot Chili Pipers 
it's three bagpipers, but also always on stage will be a snare drum. So it always it was always a mini pipe band who was with a rock band behind us. Yeah. Quite a lot of people have tried the Celtic rock, and it'll be a, a bagpiper with the a big band. rock band and all that, and the bagpipes. I think will be we are a, a mini pipe band, and we always will be with the snare drum and the rock band behind us, and we, we always try. And, I mean, the people say you know you always. Do you cling to your tradition? I think that's too strong a word. I think it's the, the traditions we were born and we were brought up through the traditions of the piping. All our friends are pipers. So we think that we, what we're doing is we'll try to hit it right in the middle, basically. you've succeeded because one of my favourite tracks off the album I'm putting the colours up now Pressed for Time on Octane I just think the playing on it's fantastic but then whenever you get the brass and all behind it and then as you say you get that bag rock sound along with this traditional tune Absolutely. so the playing's there you know yeah. and yeah I think it stands up a definitely. lot of people don't understand either we went, we went to B flat we did, the Royal Red Hot Chili Papers went to B flat when we uh, recorded Bag Rock to the Masses Hmm. Um, and that again tr- traditionally the, the pipes were B flat and they went right up the pitch through the roof sometimes hmm. um, but uh, I would so they always say well, how come it, it sounds so different we're in B flat so we're flatter than the, the normal sound they get from bagpipes so that we match yeah. the brass I'll see so this is one of the questions that our audience has asked uh, do you use concert chanters at all yes. concert yes. pitch chanters yes. yeah. right, we, we designed it we designed it in conjunction with Jock Elliott at G1 uh, channels, right? So yes. he helped us trying to get the uh, the perfect balance on it. So we went through a fair amount of plastic to get to where we're at today. But uh, certainly, it's uh, it really has made it sound. And it's strange now because when you hear a pipe band, and, and I'm so used to hearing the chilies, even the three pipers, just tuning up backstage in B flat, and then you go listen to a pipe band, and you, you kind of take a back seat and go, <laughs> sounds really sharp. It's just like yeah. almost really thin and. And there's part of me, you know, we, we talked about it last year and we were very close to doing it, uh, was putting together a Chili's pipe band. Uh, and it would have been an all-encompassing, but it would have been different because we would have done it in B-flat, uh, in concert oh, yeah. channels. Yeah, imagine. And, well, and that would have been interesting, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, got, we, we, got, we got very, very close uh, and without uh, divulging who would have been the 36-time world champion uh, drummer that would have been in charge of it that ended up going to <laughs> a, a spirited pipe band. <laughs> it, it may have been something that we looked at, but unfortunately I think it, it was just, there's too many commitments of the Chilies uh, that didn't allow us to do it, but you never know at some point, I think we might enter the, the bagpiping world again as Ooh, a pipe band. I always band. wanted to put uh, like a quartet out or something like that. And a lot of it for putting a pipe band together would be a lot for putting it back, whether it's be sponsor a, a juvenile band or a novice juvenile band or or come through that route. So hmm. I think we're always we're always aware of what happens in pipe bands. Unfortunately, at this moment in time, we're just so busy touring right through the, the summer that 
we always have a constant battle with Grant in the band that uh, he wants to play the majors with Slot and uh, and it's uh, it's a bit of banter now because he's like he looks at the diary and he goes oh it's great that's free and then obviously I pick up the phone and say oh we've got a tour of England oh no because <laughs> yeah, that. that's what I was going to say the competition season runs straight through your main touring season absolutely right? I mean yeah. Grant's dedication this year uh, to allow him to come back for the Worlds we were on a four week tour of America and uh, Grant out his own money paid for his flight home the day before the Worlds played the Worlds and then fly back on the tour the next day the next day wow. uh, just so he could play the two days at the Worlds uh, and he played the pipe and he played the concert on the uh, the Saturday night in Glasgow after the Worlds so you know it was one of these that's crazy you know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, people uh, maybe question the commitment that Chili's would have to pipe band Worlds I think you only have to see no, there, there there's go. financial commitment straight at it but uh, yeah he really wanted to play in the Worlds and Obviously, one of the drumming was certainly that's yeah. that icing on the cake for that one. Absolutely. I think, yeah. So we have another question about the tuning. I know this is kind of getting very geeky, but uh, you guys travel all around the world, and humid climates, dry climates. We all know bagpipes are the most temperamental instrument in the world. Uh, do you um, have anyone who sets you up to go on stage, no, or do you spend hours? We do ourselves. We do ourselves. No. Do ourselves. Do yourself. What we find throughout the years, we have we've tied sheepskin bags. All pipers listening to this will have the same battles. We've tied sheepskin bags. We've tied all different types of moisture control systems, different beats, different chanters. But we think now we've pretty much got it. The thing with the chili pipers, people must uh, understand, is that. We'll, our concerts will last for two hours, but if you blow your pipes, as every paper will know, you need to blow your pipes for 15, 20 minutes to get them up to pitch. Oh, yeah. Four, six, six concert pitch before mm-hmm. you go, so you're talking two and a half hours. So try and keep them in tune uh, for that length of time, as I know it's almost impossible struggle. So sometimes, yeah. people, I heard the Red Hot Chili Pipers, uh, one of the pipers, his top handler, his high F, his high A, went terribly sharp, uh, and I feel like going for crazy, you know, at <laughs> the very end of the show, and that's all you can say, you know, that's, but that's a yeah. typical pipe band type thing, there's always... I think we were all brought up through, you learn through other people's criticisms, but there's always, uh, papers will always tell you, you know, just do your own thing and, and play. But the, the, in America, um, we played in Italy, sorry, in Eosta, we played in the Italian Alps, and they'd done the sound check, it was, it was in the middle of the summer, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. What we never realised is that we were playing at 11 o'clock at night yeah. until 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh no. In the, in the highest like, the place in Italy, uh, and it was... Baltic, it was like minus two, uh, and we ended up, what was it, they got normal pitch chanters and played them in B flat. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, we, do, we do have the backup that uh, we do have our normal pipe band chanters. Uh, it's good to have. Yeah, we've got yeah. them, and so if we played like Hogman A outdoors, what we end up doing is just basically playing normal chanters and pitching them to that. The I, th- I think yeah. the, the risk of normal pitch chanters can be is that if you tape up the F too much, it starts to really double tone. Mm, so we have yeah. to be very careful. The one that probably gets us most is we play the altitude, which is one hard to play at, but also the sound can it can be really weird in the ear when you're trying to hear it. Uh, and heat. Uh, heat, we obviously lift the reeds before we go on and we'll try and stay out of the sun and do the user trick. I mean, a lot of the time when we're playing in heat, it will be hot at night but at least the sun's not on you, so the movement's not terribly, but we'll, we'll normally do a sound check uh, in the afternoon. And at times, if people some, sometimes come and hear us at a sound check, we could be totally honking at sound check, because we've, like in heat, we would probably go and try and set the chanters at 461, 462, so mm. we would come down, make it a flatter pitch, which sound discordant with the band, but by the time the heat's kicked into we'll it, come back we're up coming then. back up. Yeah. Uh, and we've actually found that the sweetest point for playing with the band is if people are you know the, the the geekiness of 
four six eight or four four one four four two, just slightly yeah. sharper. Yeah, tends to be. And the, the most interesting one is that our low G note, we've sharpened that to four seventy. So oh, right. because it discords with the band. Really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. No, I didn't know that either. So when we hit a low G, yeah. we're we actually sharper in a low G than we are in the low E. Wow, there you go. That, that's kind of a Rab Show exclusive. I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying we're right. I'm just saying that that's what we've found to give us... Uh, and there's not a many tunes in our set that have heavy low Gs in it, but when you have a, a low Gs in the band that are hitting certain chords, you're like, oh, it's okay. Ooh, yeah, you, know, you notice and it. Again, the, the band, the Chili Papers, they're surrounded by fantastic musicians, and these guys are, are, are employed for their musicianship. Um, but uh, they, 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 the, the piano player, the guy who's sitting there, is, uh, whatever it is, he's playing, he says, that's discordant with your low G. And then it's your real one day, and eventually we got to the, the point where they say, we can't, we can't do this, they need to sort these low Gs. Hmm. Uh, so I, so got, got the hooker out and made it four So you have pretty much the same problems that bands have in a competitive circle. Absolutely. It's, it's just kind of different because you're playing with other musicians. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to ask then, how does our music travel? Um, we know it pretty well here in Northern Ireland. We have a large piping fan base, same in Scotland and the UK in general. But how do you find it when you take it outside of... I just think that the, throughout the world, the, the bagpipes are a very emotive instrument. Any piper that will listen to the show will tell you the same. So if you play a jig... A hornpipe or a reel or something like that, and people will immediately start clapping their hands or stamping their feet and all that. Yeah. It's just it's, it's in your soul, it's in any human soul. But also, on the other hand, you can play a tune like the Three Fourths of the Fallen mm. or Highland Cathedral or something like that, and, uh, which was written by two Germans. Uh, and then you'll have people uh, crying. So mm. you can go from the joy of clapping your hands and stamping your feet to the absolute thing. I mean, you're yeah. the absolute opposite of that, but you're, you're, so emo- uh, you're full of emotion mm. that you're thinking. So, anywhere around the world, I can't, Kevin, you'll back me up here, I can't think of one occasion at all. We've had uh, bad reactions. Yeah, yeah. No, even even probably the listeners would be surprised that we've just completed uh, a, a week's touring of England uh, and we sold out every single night. Uh, oh, fantastic, and yeah. I think the, the moving on maybe just from the type of instrument the bagpipes are, even this the tune selection coming back to it is we definitely draw the audience into us uh, so that even if they're sitting going. Bloody bagpipes! Yeah, but they're saying good. And then, by the end of it, you speak to the same guy, and I won't do the accent again because I'm not very good. Uh, he'll come back and goes, you know, I, I, I didn't realise you were going to play ACDC. I didn't realise you were going to play it Queen. Was great. It was great. Yeah. So, and you're like, what you've done is you've taken somebody that had a prejudice, and, and let's be honest, with you, in certain parts of the world, there is a prejudice against bagpipes. Yeah. Because they're a god awful instrument. You know. <laughs> You know, somebody asked me. I've got two. I've got two. I've got two young kids and or two young boys and a girl, and uh, it's it's very interesting. 
the bagpipes are probably the best instrument in the world when they're played to the best of their ability. Yes. In tune. In tune. Played well. They are the yeah. worst instrument in the world when a kid is trying to learn. <laughs> so I'm in that I'm in that crossway phase of going, do I teach my kids the bagpipes knowing that for the next three years it's going to be torturous in the house, but hopefully yeah. there's an end line up. Or do it, coming back to Willie's point, do I give him a drum and away he goes. <laughs> so we're, we're at that crossroads. But I think that to, to summarise on it, the, I think the best one for us was when very early into our touring side we got invited out to go to Calcutta and uh, you're kind of going no, I don't know if they're going to get this and obviously there's uh, colonial links with bagpipes in the British territories and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, but as soon as we started playing Thunderstruck there was a stampede at the gig of common Indians didn't have any it was a free open air concert where they anticipated it was a British council anticipated maybe 50 or 100 people coming yeah. they reckoned by the time we'd finished it was somewhere between eight and 10,000 people would come to wow. see the majority really? couldn't probably have heard because the PA wasn't big enough to carry it that's but crazy, really, it was yeah. just surreal and that very early in and I, and I remember talking to Stuart after it he says see that's the power of bagpipes done differently can do and bring oh, yeah. people in where people have got this, well, it's, it's bagpipes, it's very my, traditional. My thing for the, for it, and Roddy McLeod was a thing, they, they see the buskers that go out and they've learned half a tune and they get all dressed up in the street. Yeah. And I've seen people in Edinburgh, Japanese tourists and all that, walking past with their fingers in their ears. Now, these people have all got a way home with a, a preconceived idea that that's what the bagpipes sound like. Yeah. And I, feel it's, I feel like taking the pipes off and putting them on my knees, because that's a disservice <laughs> to our instrument. Yeah. And that's that's the thing I think quite a lot of people say. Uh, I heard the bagpipes, obviously, sound, sound like a cat getting strangled, and that's because that's probably exactly what it sounded like. Because this guy had decided to go. Mm. How can you get away with that? If you're a concert pianist or something like that, and you weren't very good, nobody would employ you. Yet, if mm. you're a piper, you or a, a, I say piper, I'm making an inverted comma, mm. you, know, you can go out and get all dressed up in the lawns and get 150 quid, 200 quid to play at somebody's wedding. And sometimes you hear you go, oh, mate, they put your pipes back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another side of that, but the, 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 what the chili pipers, you, you get that all the time. And I don't know if it's because I've got the preconceived idea in my head that the, the, the bagpipes sound like a cat getting strangled. And then you get the other side of the coin and say, I heard the chili pipers playing already, and I had no idea that the bagpipes could sound like that. Well, it just as you say, it shows you the power of the instrument, doesn't yeah. it? Really, bring people together. So, I, had to, I was going to ask you a couple more questions before I let you go, guys. I know no, I, I've not just for long you. enough. Well, lo- the longer we sit here, the more we can uh, miss sound check. <laughs> so don't, don't worry, it means loading drum kits in. So uh, you, we can talk. We can talk. We can talk for hours. <laughs> well, I was going to say, have you ever attended any of the competitions recently? You know, namely the Worlds or anything like that. I went. We were off actually in uh, the Dumbarton gig. Uh, Baton weekend last year or this 2016 year uh, and I went along to it and that's the first time I probably attended a pipe band competition for about five or six years right, right. The, the two things that struck me was one it hasn't really changed uh, and and two not being too critical maybe being slightly controversial the lack of it being a spectator yeah it's it, it just it's still yeah. there's a frustration that because we've done 
bagpipes, and it's probably one of the reasons I don't play in pipe bands on top of the being in the chilies is that there's without getting in, we can get all the judging and all that kind of stuff. We already know who's going to win grade one before they're turned up and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> there's that side of it, but there's also the side of that I still believe in. You know, talking to to Rab Matheson when we've been on tour is you know trying to engage the audience more yeah. and putting on some kind of at the end of the day, it's an entertainment business yes. that both us are in, and, and so should pipe bands. It's a hobby, but people come and watch it. But I, I still believe you're standing in a circle facing each other, and the people are standing at the back yeah, of you. With your back to the crowd. Back to your yeah. crowd, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I think the pipe band world need to look at is, going forward, how do we not let this tradition die? You know, we, we're obviously being credited to a certain degree with bringing youngsters through, mm. but youngsters will only stay in this <laughs> game if it's, you know, there's an opportunity to, to grow or there's some way of entertaining or some... Like, doing the World's Concert is great for, like, Field Marshall yeah. and stuff because it gets the pipers within Field Marshall thinking about different things and how they can do Definitely. it or yeah. if it's St Lawrence at all. But pipe bands like Colburn, Iowa, you know, what is it? They yeah. turn up, is it a social event, which is fine, or are they competing and, and mm. who wants... Not necessarily who wants to listen, but how can the audience get the most out of it? And I think it's, it's that's the challenge that I saw being at Dumbarton was that there's you've got your four individual rinks and this big space in the middle and it's like yeah. it, it hasn't changed in 30 years you know <laughs> modern life has changed in so many different ways but pipe bands don't seem to change so I think mm. I'd be frustrated going back into that arena that I would want to try and help move it on and I'm not saying it's wrong at the moment I'm just saying I think it does need a bit of freshness put into it yeah and I think our audience would largely agree with you <laughs> <I think laughs> to well, be fair you, the thing for me pipe bands is I mean, I'll be, uh, I, I'm so into it that I'd, I'd, I'd love to go and play with a pipe band. Obviously, we just can't do it because we're too busy with the chilli papers. But I love the sound you make, you know, and it goes right through you, especially when somebody like Rodney McLeod would be setting the chanters and you'd, you'd, just get it, you'd just get that spot on, you know, and all the hairs in the back of your neck would be yeah. standing in. But there is an element, you, there, I think it's a fine line to draw as well because you're, you're, you're playing a traditional instrument and most people see it that way. Um, and I agree with Kevin, uh, there's time for change. Like the, I remember when shots done, remember the turnout in the, the circle? Turnout, yeah. And that was like groundbreaking. Uh, and as I remember, I spoke to her about it as well. How can it be so groundbreaking that the, the actual musicians have turned around to face their audience? Yeah. Uh, when it gets to that point, I just think, can we move on a wee bit? But then I'm never ever going to say we should change everything completely. I love the fact that our traditions are our traditions. Mm. And sometimes things are best le- left alone. But there is some things, I, I, again, you, you'll stand at the outside some, uh, a bike band circle. And everybody's got their one finger in their ear, you know, they've got all these experts and mm. all they're waiting for is a mistake or something and you think, this is, not, this is not conducive to, you know, <laughs> making good music and thing. they all were waiting for us on it. Somebody had an early year in the intro, oh, please, man. <laughs> somebody had an early year in the intro and that's you finished, that's your whole performance, you might as well just walk off. That's it, yeah. Go. That's happened, many's a band, yeah. I no. think, I think the, the other thing that I really do miss from the pipe band, and we have it to a certain degree in the chilies, <coughs> is that getting up on a Saturday morning getting on the bus, having a bit of banter, but there's a bit of seriousness about it, getting to the tune-up, you're tuning up and people are listening to you all round, you then play your, <coughs> excuse me, you play your competition, and then it's the after party, you know, having a bit of yeah. banter on the bus, having a bit of banter in the pub, meeting people from, I mean, I'm 38 now, but there's there's guys when I went round in Dumbarton that I'd maybe played in five or six pipe bands through circumstances of where we moved my parents and stuff like that, and seeing a lot of these guys, it was amazing, you know, they're like, are you going to be around to meet you in the beer tent? And they're like, that type of stuff I really do miss 
being yeah. with the Chilis because as much as you know we've got a pipe band ethos around us and, and you know Stephen that plays a drum kit played in a, in a pipe band Grant plays in a pipe band the other pipers that come in you know it's still our work at the end of the day and we can have a bit of banter afterwards and have a couple of pints but it's still not the same as being in that getting up when we stayed in Aberdeen getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and travelling to Cowell and then getting there and then doing your thing and walking down the street and you know that whole buzz, ah it's amazing yeah. you know and that's that's one thing I hope Pipe bands never ever loses that that cover, and and there's there's the strangest of pipe bands is that the grade four and grade three sometimes where I grew up in, there's a competitive side of it, but there's also the family side of it. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, and I, I'd hate for pipe bands to to lose that opportunity by kids not coming through and picking up the instrument because ultimately in twenty years time or thirty years time, a lot of these pipe bands won't exist because the next generation is not coming through. So, back to the chili pipers. Now we're talking about the piping world for a while. But what's the future for you guys? Uh, well, actually, what all excuses? This is our last gig. <laughs> is it really? We're finishing the high in the arena. That's us. We're done. We always said if we get to the arena, we'll just call it a day. So we've, we've arrived here and went. Oh well, gigs off and uh, next week. <laughs> no, joking aside, uh, we have a Scottish tour uh, which starts a week on Saturday, a week on Friday in Orkney. Right. Uh, and then we do uh, Wick the following day and then we get a break for Christmas and then we do a run of four shows leading into to Hogmanay uh, and then early early next year we're actually away to Saudi hey. Arabia wow for uh, two, yeah. weeks in, two weeks in uh, January and then uh, we're off on an uh, American tour we've got a couple of things in February here and there uh, we've done a couple of uh, Scottish dates at the start of March and then we're off to America for three weeks uh, coming out of America and into an English tour which is spread over April and May and then we've got some festivals during the course of the summer already mm-hmm. and then we're looking to go back to, back to Germany for four weeks in October Germany for four weeks but before that we've got four weeks in America in September and then uh, I'm just trying to see whether we're, we've got enough energy left in the band to maybe go to Australia and New Zealand in uh, November before we're coming back into our Scottish tour run in December so there's, there's your pit stop to 2017 <laughs> already so uh, Wow. And if anything, it's a feat that you remembered all of that. Oh, Kevin can remember. By the way, I, I can walk out of the and say, I've not ever played here before. Kevin will tell you the key code to get out of the dressing room. Oh, my word. I, I have a <laughs> photographic memory for dates, gig fees, whatever, you name it, wherever we're going. Directions. Uh, well, he doesn't. <laughs> I'm so I walk out of the venues, and the only, reason, the only reason I know that I've been here before is if my, fo- my phone remembers the Wi Fi password. <laughs> my phone knows where, where it's been and I don't. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, that's the uh, fortunate or for, unfortunately, that's my uh, affliction in life. Is you, you only need to show me somewhere once, and I can remember how to get there. So, uh. guys, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. We really appreciate it. A lot of our listeners are very excited to hear from you, so they all say hi. That's good. Well, hi, yeah, hi, 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 <laughs> whatever they may be. Keep, yeah. keep practicing. We need to ask you a final question that we ask most guests to come on the show: is what has been your most memorable moment in piping? It's kind of a big question to ask. I think there's so many. I mean, I think, I think, I think you can look at it on probably the answer for me is probably three or four. There's never one singular moment, but uh, probably winning the television show was in 2007 was was a key element. I'm, I'm focusing more on the chilies here, but because uh, mm. I think 
there's no single moment. The winning the television show was a, a seminal moment for the band, but also all of us individually. Uh, and it launched us into some unknown world that we'd never ever mm. thought we would be in. So I think that that goes down. There was then a moment two years later, uh, or eighteen months later, where we played in Lorient uh, as part of the Inter Celtic Festival, and uh, we were one of the bands on the, down at the Port de Pêche, and there was twelve thousand people came to see us. Uh, that that in its own right was was a memory. Yeah. And then probably the last two was we played at the Rugby World Cup in October of 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, just standing on that stage uh, with 3,000 people, a very similar arena to this, a Vector Arena in New Zealand, mm-hmm. was just the most awe-inspiring uh, atmosphere I've ever experienced. And probably the last one uh, was the, the live DVD the, well, there's probably there's another one. We did Blast Live DVD in 2008, which was, again, momentous from the point of view of something that had never really been done with bagpipes before. And, you know, huge credit to, mm. to Stuart were coming up with that brainchild. And then we all worked hard, like harder than I've ever worked for anything in my life to try and to make sure that that was the best possible uh, night of our lives. And there was a lot of pressure on us. I've never, I've never, I've sat accountancy exams and I've done a whole load of uh, professional exams, but the night of that DVD was probably the most intense and then to follow on from that was the DVD that Willie and myself came up with for uh, to do in Milwaukee in America even the logistical challenges of doing that and the sense of relief at achieving it mm. was just uh, remarkable uh, but also the sense of how much things can cost and there's <laughs> the funny wee anecdote with that one was uh, we were sitting in and we got to Milwaukee and I was going right that's us there's a budget Willie we've done it and as Willie says you know I'm a man for my figures and I'm going right we only need to sell that number of units and we'll be fine and then we get there and the guy goes there's not enough power on stage and I was like right, okay what does that mean he says you need to bring in three generators one for the stage one for the lights and one for the uh, the TV crew and he's like, they're $5,000 each. And I'm going, oh my God. Oh, no. So that was fine. So I get over that one. And then we did the first night of recording. And the wind was blowing in an unusual direction. And we'd, Willie goes, can we get these pyros that fire these confetti can- cannons? And we'll do it at 100 pounds. We'll launch it up. They'll look amazing. I was going, that sounds great. So we'll add that on. There was another couple of grand. What we did you, have back to, you have to hire union guys. You can't have the MD. It has to be a union, it's all unionized. You oh, have to have a union guy. Yeah. And it has to be a special guy that comes in just to fire the cannons. But the wind blew in the wrong direction <laughs> and it blew the confetti into a national reserve park that took $3,000 worth of labour to clean up. Oh no! So, you know, that funny wee anecdote that it was like the never ending budget that was live at the lake. But, uh, you know, I think, as I say, there's not one single point, but there's probably my, my five headline events and, and oh, that have shaped the chilies for me. That's a pretty good answer. Yeah, and yourself, Billy? Uh, I, piping wise, I'll say one, one for piping and one for the Red Hot Chili Papers. But piping, sure. I remember I went to see Roddy for uh, people lessons and uh, I learned he played it at the Glenfiddich, the Old Men of the Shells. Yes. And I remember uh, getting to the end of playing Old Men of the Shells uh, and memorising it and getting the, the getting the pipes going really well. And Neil mm-hmm. Chandler was just beautiful, Roddy had it set up just lovely. Uh, so that was probably, believe it or not, that was probably my biggest uh, thing for uh, piping. Yeah. I remember I played it once, and John D. Burgess was still alive, and John D. Burgess had said to me, I hear you play the old man in the shells very well. And I was like, oh! oh and I remember I told, my, I told my wife, I said, yeah. I can't believe it, John D. Burgess has just told me that I played the old man in the shells very well. And Anna <laughs> turned around and says, who's John D. Burgess? I went, oh, tell me you're oh, joking. That's no. like asking a tennis fan who'd be on board with us. <laughs> uh, Chili Pipers, there's so many. Kevin's 
presentation that I, I was there at all those as well. But I remember we played uh, the proms in the park, uh, Hyde Park in London. Yes. yes. People ask me all the time, do you ever get nervous, you know, before you go on? I said, don't really, because it's, it, it, your, your finger movement becomes, as most people will realise, it's more like unconscious competence, you know, you just do it. Yeah. Uh, hardly ever make any mistakes. Roddy once said to us, uh, if, you, if you were asked to go and recite the alphabet in front of three million people, do you think you would make a, a mistake? No, probably not because you've said the alphabet that many times, so it should be your piping tune should be just exactly the same as that. You, hmm. you play them, you, you practice, you don't, you, you practice so you've got these things perfectly. But I remember I turned around, we do this thing at the start of insomnia, uh, uh, we are backs to, to the crowd facing the drum kit. And I was so intent what I was doing was make sure my microphone was correct and all my tape and none of my tape was going to slip and all that, uh, getting all ready and I could hear the buzz. And it wasn't until I turned round and I saw that there was 80,000 people uh, oh. at in the park in Hyde Park. Uh, wow. And I just... For, <laughs> for goodness sake. For goodness sake. Yes, yes. <laughs> How does it saw me I'm working? Starts off with a barrel. All right, cool, cheers. Again, even, even on that one, getting them to do We Will Rock You, it was, it was our queen moment. You know, it was our Freddie Mercury getting all these people to do We Will, standing on their feet and put both hands in the air and you stand up saying... Here we go, and then the wrong yeah. crap. The, the noise would have been phenomenal round about that whole area. So I tell you something else. I'm really when I walked in here today, I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, it's in the arena, you know, just the production in there and the lights mm. and the and the sound of the big PA uh, flying above you. I kind of can't wait. And again, uh, I'm not just saying this. I'm not just uh, because I'm here, but uh, and it's not just a platitude. But the Northern Ireland uh, crowds are always fantastic, very much like ourselves. It does, it does to be fair. Yeah, well, guys, thanks a million for chatting to us on the show. I really appreciate it. And hope to see us back again sometime soon. Absolutely, thank you very much. All the very best. Thank you, cheers, man. There you have it. Thanks a million, guys, at the Red Hot Chili Peppers for chatting to me. That was an awesome, awesome time, and yeah, it looked after me like royalty. It was fantastic. It was gr- if anything, it was great at being introduced to people of here's Big Rab for the radio. Do you know that guy that has the piping show? And these guys knew who I was, and I felt like a proper rock star, so it was amazing. Anyway, the guys from the Red Hot Chili Pipers, you all know the sound that these guys get on stage, and yeah playing the G1 Platinum Chanter, you know what you're going to get for your prize. Now, if you're one of our 200-plus entrants, first off, congratulations for entering in the first place. A lot of people only seem to catch the competition whenever it was closed. So, yeah, commiserations. Oh, and if you're listening to this now, the competition's closed. You're too late. <laughs> but we've given you weeks to get your name in, so... It's, yeah, it's basically a random draw. Names have been drawn out of hat. So, without further ado, enough slabbering, Rab. Who's the winner? Right. The winner of the G1 Platinum Chanter and G1 Platinum Read Setup made to your specifications goes to...
Holly Beatty. Yay! Well done, Holly. Congratulations. Yeah, I think it's going to be celebrations in your house. <laughs> yeah, so I will get in touch with G1 and I will tell them that you are the winner of our giveaway. And yeah, hopefully they'll get in contact with you. Probably through your Facebook page because that's where we ran our competition. So, yeah, they'll get in contact with you and hopefully get it sent out to you in the post. Well, they'll probably ask you about what strength of read and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, they'll be in contact with you, Holly. So, congratulations to our lucky, lucky winner. have to say a massive thank you to G1 for this giveaway. It's incredible. The amount of interest in it as well has been incredible. You guys really wanted that Chanter and Read setup. So, hey... You never know, there may be future giveaways here on the Big Rab Show podcast. So, yeah, I did promise you some podcast exclusives. So, hey, there you go. Who knows, there may be some in the future. But again, massive thank you to the guys at G1. Right, that's it for this week. Thanks to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thanks to Holly Beatty, our winner. And thanks to G1. And I'll head out the door before I start coughing and sneezing all over you again. Do you know what? I think it's time for a hot whiskey. Although right enough, it depends what time you are listening to this at. You could be listening to it at half six in the morning or something. In which case, no, it's not time for a hot whiskey. Who am I kidding? Every time's time for a hot whiskey. Hopefully I'll have shook this by the next podcast. See you again. Well, that's it for another Big Rap Show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, good friends there at G1 Reads. Be sure to check them out on Facebook and at g1reads.com. The G1 Platinum Chanter is played by bands around the world, producing that rich, full-bodied tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our Champion of Champions 2016 in Verarian District. Many thanks to our good mates there at G1, and until next time, we'll see you right here in the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.